0: Hey guys, before we get into the episode, there's a couple of things I wanted to share with you, real quick, about some upcoming events. One of them being from one of our sponsors, the Nate D Foundation. You might remember Nate's mom, Tiffany, from episode 84, where she shared the memory of Nate and how he was lost to a fentanyl overdose. And you can find more information on them at nate-d.ca. On June 24th and 25th, they are having their annual Nate D Memorial Slow Pitch Tournament in Aldergrove, BC, at the Philip. Jackman Park and Omerdome. Now, the tournament itself is full, but if you happen to be in the area, you can stop buying, you know, buy into one of the raffles, make a donation, check out some food, watch one of the teams that, that have paid to get in and support this great cause. Remember, what they do is to send individuals who couldn't otherwise afford it abroad for trauma therapy, and even locally, for some counseling and therapy for people that, again, couldn't afford it. They do really great work, guys. They support the show. And you know if you could support them, that'd be great. If you're not in the area, consider going to the website. That's nate-d.ca and making a donation. To show your support that way. The final mention for upcoming events is you might remember Joseph Fourier from episode 94 and 95 and how we talked about losing his son Harlan Fourier to a fentanyl poisoning. With the pain of bad loss, he has started the No Thanks, I'm good campaign and they are having an awareness walk and rally to bring awareness to the high number of fentanyl poisonings and deaths in our communities that is in winnipeg manitoba on june 25th starting at 12 o'clock at the odita center now they don't have a facebook page or a website yet but they are getting to that in the meantime if you've got any questions don't hesitate to email me ashes to awesome podcast at gmail.com and i'll put you in touch those are a couple great causes to support and if you can please do thanks for listening guys now on to the show
1: said, mama, I got bad news, bad moods every day, brand new, tattoos on my face, sad dude, with a head full of rain, I just wanna make it rain, mama, I will be okay, I feel like I might break right now, I feel like making the fuck a fucking mistake right now, ew, I just need a cake right now, I blow out all the candles in my brains right now. Hello, everybody, welcome to the Dopey Canuck, a podcast taking an often but not always humorous look at drugs, recovery, addiction, and all the crazy shit in between. Normally at this point in the show I would explain to you that I'm not trying to glamorize addiction lifestyle or minimize the seriousness of drug addiction, and this time though I don't have to say that because it is Memorial Monday for you new listeners. There is no glamorizing of anything and there is not much humor in the or minimizing anything either on a Monday, because we pay tribute to those we have lost due to drugs and alcohol. I take written and um, oral submissions. And if there's somebody that you would like to pay tribute to, or uh, you know that you feel that like maybe I can help honor with uh, with your story about them, feel free to send your submissions in to gmail.com And so long as they're respectful and not full of profanity and... Uh, obviously appropriate, I will get every submission out, whether I have to make another Memorial Day in the week or not, I will make sure every submission submitted to me gets played or or written. So uh, just real quickly before I get to that, guys, if you enjoy the content or taking a message from what you feel is important, the way I do, and you'd like me to keep doing this, um, if you're in a position to donate, I sure would appreciate it. If you go to the website, bobbyconnect.com, up in the top right corner, there's a little heart it's called uh, Buy Me a Cup of Coffee. There's an app there where you can donate in increments of $5, and every little bit does help, and I sure would appreciate it as well. Um, if you go to dolbycaduct.ca, eventually those two will be the same website. We're just working on some technical bugs, but um, you can now buy some apparel there. Uh, we're calling that the You Are Loved Collection. Uh, you're able to uh, you know, pick up a hat and help spread the message, or a hoodie, or, or whatever the case may be, so... Anyway, for this week, we are going to pay tribute to Zachariah McGee, a fellow in Winnipeg who was taken all too soon by fentanyl overdose. Uh, I never knew the man personally, but a very good friend of mine we call the Tesla, that's going to be her nickname, Uh, her and I became quite close, and Zach was, for all intents and purposes, her brother, so Tesla has chosen to submit a... uh, an audio file in, in remembrance of him. So uh, please stay tuned for that, guys. Uh, stick around to the end of the episode as well. Um, for these Mondays on the outro song, I'm going to play something appropriate to that person, and whenever possible, I will play the the song that was played at their funeral. So uh, stick around and listen to that, please. So with all that out of the way, um, here is the Tesla submission to Zach
2: So I've never really formally told this story and as painful as it is, maybe telling it I can save someone else or even make someone know that they're not alone if they feel remotely anything like I do. This is going to be a memorial for my brother Zach. Technically he wasn't biologically my brother, but he was just as loved as important to me as my blood siblings. I first met Zach when I was 11 to 12 years old. He, It was roughly 1.30, 2 a.m., and my older biological brother was having a small party. He was about seven years older than me, so that wasn't a bunch of 12-year-olds drinking. But it was in our backyard, and I had gotten up to use the washroom. While doing so, I heard a teenager in my yard going on and on about how hungry he was. And my mom had always taught us since I was very, very young, if someone's hungry... You feed them. So I whipped a quick sandwich together and I brought it out into the backyard and I gave this boy a sandwich. And he just started crying and gave me this big hug and I didn't know him from a hole in the ground so I really didn't understand but... I also didn't understand, and the next day I found out that when Zach was 12 years old, both of his parents abandoned him to go to BC, and no one had done a single kind thing for him up until that point when I made him a sandwich, and so from that point on, we had a very special bond, and it it stayed pretty special, and, um... I ended up being apprehended by CFS and moving out of Winnipeg and finishing high school, living at my grandparents. But the whole time that I was doing so, I was in and out of the city, probably daily taking care of him because he had gone from just drinking to, unfortunately, smoking fentanyl. And that was also my biological mother's drug of choice, so it was a full-time job taking care of both of them. Ultimately, the year after I graduated, my mom ended up passing away, and it was very really hard on me, and he was a really big support, and he ended up moving into my apartment with me because not only did I need that support, but he also didn't have a place to go. So it seemed like the logical option to have my brother close to me when I was hurting. And he was hurting because she may not have been his biological mother, but just like I adopted him as my brother, she adopted him as her son. And at first it was it was a very beneficial relationship having him live there. It gave him the first home he'd had in a really long time and it made it so that I wasn't alone but i have fibromyalgia three herniated discs in my spine no kneecaps so i'm riddled with physical pain and i have um addiction issues that run in my family and i was also in a really bad mental state because not only had i lost my mom who was my best friend but other than zach my whole family just expected me to deal with it and be fine and I wasn't and so being the in the state that I was I started using fentanyl and we started using together and that lasted about six months and then I ended up moving out of the city and getting custody of my youngest sister and I got clean and I was clean for about a year and then I ended up relapsing when COVID happened and me and the person that I was dating, we, um, we got into an altercation that ended up with us breaking up and it was another really hard time in my life. And so I relapsed and I moved back to the city and I clung to my big brother because it's a scary, dangerous world and I knew that he would keep me safe and help me as much as he could and vice versa. And so that went on for about a year, and then uh, he started dating this beautiful girl, who, for just privacy sake, we're gonna call Ashley. Now, Ashley had the same drug issues that Zach had, but she had been clean for a little over a year. Her parents had bought her a house. She was she was doing really good, and. Uh, And I had known her before they had started dating. She was a very, very nice girl. Very beautiful. And if my brother hadn't been on drugs. And in the state that he was in. I, I would have done nothing but support their relationship. But because I knew her and I knew him. I knew that he would beat himself up forever. Because he was getting her back into using again. And her parents lived very nearby and she was gonna they were gonna take the house away from her if they found out that he was still staying there and it was just not a good thing and so i ended up talking to her and it ended up causing them to break up and that was the last time that i saw my big brother zach and then some really, really awful things happened to me and I ended up leaving the province for my own safety and I moved to Saskatchewan, which is where I met my our lovely podcast host here. <laughs> and, uh, and things were going really, really good. And then something in my gut just told me that I needed to come home and I needed to check on my brother. And I uh, have always listened to my gut and it's so far not proved me wrong. And so I came back the end of August and I just started looking for him like absolute crazy and on the 7th or 8th of September I found out where he was staying and so I begged anyone to take me there and I found out where it was and then I ended up meeting the girl that rented the place that he was staying at and I explained to her who I was and how I wasn't trying to cause anything or anything that I just, I just needed to see my brother. I, I needed to give him a hug. I needed to know that he was okay because he's all I had. And, um, I can understand her next move. I, uh, I wasn't your typical drug user, so to speak. I didn't, I didn't look dirty or anything like that. I, I looked well kept, I guess is a way to put it. So I understand why she wanted to go and confirm my story and make sure that I wasn't deceiving her in any way, shape or form. But instead of doing what she said she was going to do and going the three minutes back to her apartment to talk to my brother and make sure that it was okay that I came to see him, she went shopping for six hours instead. And during that six hours, I guess there was uh, one or two other people in that apartment with him And he overdosed. Um, They knew that he was overdosing. And because they were too afraid to call 911 and didn't know how to use Narcan themselves, they just let him die. And there was no reason for it. Because, one, Zach would have never, ever done that to a soul, ever. He was such a good person. He would do anything for anybody. He's, He's a person that the world isn't going to easily replace and the other thing is is sure you're afraid that someone's dying but there's something called the good samaritan's law and even if you have warrants you're sitting there with a mountain of every drug on the country on your table you have guns you have someone kidnapped they can't do anything about those things all they are there for is to Revive the person that you called life-saving measures for. So please, if you're ever in a situation where someone else's loved one is dying and you can't bring them back, and you're not calling 911 because you're afraid that you might get in trouble, you won't. So please make that call and don't ever make anyone else feel like I did because that whole time I was like two blocks away and I could have saved his life and I would have saved his life. And I never get to see my big brother again. I just found out that I'm having my first baby and he's never gonna get to meet his niece or nephew and vice versa. And I, there isn't a date that goes by that I don't miss him with everything that I have. He's, he's my best friend. And, um, yeah, I just, I love you and I miss you so much, Zach.
1: (laughs) So before I cap the episode with, uh, with daily gratitudes, I want to say, um, the takeaway from these episodes isn't to be sad, um, though it's obvious that that is obviously a, a natural response to it. I know they break my heart so far. I don't know what kind of monster I've created here, but I think it's a necessary one. Um, but for the loved ones of addicts, you guys, this isn't to break your heart or to lose hope. You know, this is a this is a reason to send that message and to let them know they're loved. And for those of you who have nothing to do with the addiction lifestyle and, and might be. Biased and, and bias is the right word. Maybe you tend to, to stigmatize people in addiction. They're people. They're somebody's brother, somebody's son, somebody's sister, and that is the real takeaway from Memorial Monday. Is we need to humanize these people that are all too often, all too often, just left behind. Addiction is a shitty disease, and it's just all too often terminal. Addiction really does kill. So, anyway, moving on. I don't think these episodes are going to get any easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think I want them to eat. So, thank you for that, Tesla. I do appreciate it. and uh, I'm sure the, the listeners do as well. Thank you for your heartfelt tribute to Zach. So, I think uh, some daily gratitudes are in order now. It's my favorite part of the show, and definitely... A good time to take inventory of the shit you are grateful for is after hearing something like that. So um, my first and most obvious gratitude today would go out to Tesla and thank you for submitting that. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I think my second one will go to Zach himself, though I never met the man. Um, now that he's, he's here on the show, maybe there's an opportunity there for for his memory to make a difference and, and for that I do thank him. Um, my third is my life. All of us, no matter what our drugs of choice are, are a zig instead of a zag, a left instead of a right, a bad day away from, you know, being in the same position as Zach and, and so many more. So, And fourth is you guys, you know, as, as always the listeners are a massive part of what we're doing here, and I couldn't be more appreciative of you and uh, taking the time to listen to this podcast and hopefully to spread the message. So if you are in active addiction, please make the day of the day. Make the day of the day that you reach out to a family member, that you call into a meeting, you call a friend, that you do anything and everything you have to do to avoid turning out like Zach. Things really are better on the other side here, guys. If you are the loved one of an addict, please take the time. You just took the time to listen to my podcast. Please take the time to, to reach out to that addict and just use the words, you are loved. That little glimmer of hope just might be the thing that brings them back.